You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. And welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. Hey, bud, how are you? Hey, now. So, wow. You know, first and foremost, I mean, we, you know, there's so much news that's coming across the wire, but I think the first thing that we have to do, we have to do, is we got to talk about that preseason game this past weekend, okay? And uh, here we go. All right. And just like that car that passed your house, it went right on by. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just boom. <laughs> yeah, it was because I remember it was, it was Saturday afternoon. It was 1 o'clock. I was going to tweet out something saying, you know, I should be at Percival Molson. But I, I, I was like, eh, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But Well, I did kind of tweet out about that. Just oh, did like, you? Oh, yeah. Well, just basically, that you know, in a perfect world, yeah, we should be definitely at uh, Percival Molson and... Or not <laughs> yeah and that sucks it it, it really really does but, but it's <sighs> it, it's interesting though i mean we have as i said a lot of other things that come out recently and we don't know what to believe i know the commissioner it's not that we don't believe it we just don't know what to what is going to become of all these ideas because you know the commissioner was on um was he on edmonton radio today i'm trying to remember what he was on uh as we we're taping this and you know, he, he had a nice long interview and brought up some certain things. And it sounds like they're not clear because, you know, as of the day that we're taping this, you know, the Canadian government has gone ahead and uh, closed the borders again until July, until mm-hmm. the end of July. So I don't know if that throws a kink into things. I mean, some of the, quote, you know, insiders think it might. Um, I know Rob Peterson thinks it, Rob Peterson does. He thinks it's, it's an issue. But. We, you and I still don't know if you have a, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this, or maybe heard it in passing. If you have a, a work visa, does that, and it's valid, can you come up? That seems to be the 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 thought is that if you've got a valid work visa, you can sort you you'd still have you would still have to come in and quarantine for fourteen days. Yeah, but uh, and of course forget about going back and forth like to visit family and whatnot. But I guess in a shortened season, I I think that would be kind of a non-starter anyways because I mean if you're coming up essentially for let's say mid-August, provided you, or let's say the start of August, like you, you do your quarantine, they have a mini training camp, and then the season starts as they're thinking to do in September and goes all the way to, let's say, worst case scenario, December. Like, okay, so that's, what, four or five months right there? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of downtime where you'd be going back down to visit family or whatnot or having your family come up here. Or I guess if you were to have your family come up here, they'd have to follow all those rules as well and stay pretty much in Canada for the duration of the CFL season. So, but again, like this is not clear. Like this is a, I guess some people's sort of take on what is a possibility as far as if they do have a season actually get underway. Like these are the things that the players would have to, the players coming in from the United States that is coming in would have to do as far as being able to participate in the CFL season. Uh, but again, like this is all just speculative at this point. Like, the, like this is just one of those what if or could be kind of scenarios. And it's again, it, it's still clear as mud because it sounds like they, there's just no idea as to which way to go, or they're just exploring all the possibilities. And 
I mean, like we're just left with more questions than answers at this point. Yeah, and you know, obviously the the curve seems to be going down in parts of the country. Quebec and Ontario seem to be finally getting to that point. Um, but you know, we heard today that Calgary is opening up their you know their facility with certain restrictions, obviously, uh, which is good news in itself. But, but I think that's that's kind of why these other ideas that I wanted to talk to you about have popped up recently, whether it be the um, you know, whether it be the bubble model or whether it be the um, adopt a team model or whether it be a hub city model, you know, they're all, I guess they're all pluses and minuses to all these things, but it just, it, it, it's a going to be a weird, weird season if we have one, because, you know, hear about all these other teams like MLS announced today that they're going to have a, t- a mini tournament in Florida and like a world cup style tournament. Um, yeah, you know, hockey's going to be doing something similar to that. So they don't know. Major League Baseball is a mess in itself. But, but I mean, it's what um of those three that you've heard. Now I really haven't heard much about the bubble model. But of those three, which do you think would be the most advantageous for the league going forward if there is a 2020 season? I think the one that would work the most logistically it would be the hub city model because at least that's the way you can sort of control things a little bit or at least have a little bit more control over the players the coaches the staff everybody kind of all in one city even if you're all staying at separate hotels and you're you're doing your testing and everything like that i think for the most part that would to me anyway seem to be the most advantageous way to go about it because at least that way as i said you've got control you can sort of plan things out. I mean, and it's great for the hubs, like the city itself, because they would get all the attention and fans are still able to participate by watching on TSN. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not you'd allow fans in the arena is a whole other kettle of fish. But uh, I mean, again, one thing at a time. But I think as far as logistics go, I think the safe route to go would be the hub city route. Uh, the adopt a team model, whereas uh, teams uh, from the east would be essentially paired up with another team from the west, and Which is the, an interesting idea. It's a very interesting idea, and definitely would make for some interesting scenarios and whatnot. But uh, I think if you were to ask me, I'd say the hub city model would probably be the best way to go, and I think logistically that would be the best way for the CFL to operate as far as trying to. I guess sort of contain things. I mean, just sort of keep everybody all in one place and just operate that way, I think would probably be the way to go. As If you were to ask me, I think that would be the way I think the CFL would be wanting to do it if they're going to do it. Now, something that we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes, you know, being that U Sport has canceled everything and, you know, Canada West Football Conference is not going to be playing, um, it kind of gives it a little bit more of an opportunity with the uh not not necessarily how i think with the adopt a team city uh, the the adopt a, a team rule uh idea because you now have these open dorms possibly where all these players could stay and it would be just you know two two per and maybe winnipeg plays in the east this year i i don't know it depends on how they're gonna how they're gonna lay it up because you need to make sure that you have enough for a hub city idea to work you need to make sure that you have enough hotel rooms to put up, what, 100, well, how many, 100 guys, 100 plus guys, 150, 200 guys, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Easily. But where do you do it? Because you hear about people complaining about Regina and not having enough hotel rooms. I mean, do you go there? Do you go to Winnipeg? Do You know what I mean? It's And, and you want to just think about travel, too. Because mm-hmm. it, it makes me wonder, 
I mean, yes, travel. There'd be no travel if you did a hub city. I'd get that. Um, but I, I think the idea also of adopt a team seems pretty cool too because um, I can only imagine what it would be like. I mean, if you see how some of these NFL teams go at it during training camp when they're doing, you know, when they're doing scrimmages versus other teams, I can only imagine how how the the football minds and and these guys, these big burly guys, are are going to get on each other's nerves. Can you imagine what the? Can you imagine what it would be like for a hub for somebody's a hub city and that occurs? Eight other teams. Oh man. Well, it'd be it'd be interesting, that's for sure. But I I also think too that given the circumstances as to what's going on in the world right now, I think there'd be a general consensus to want to work together for the most part. Like obviously the, com- the competitive fires are going to burn and guys are going to get jacked up and they're going to you know want to get out there and hit people no matter what. But at the same time, knowing that you're sort of we always talk about this whole we're all in this together kind of thing well in a hub city model you really would be all in this together so i think it would definitely make for an interesting dynamic no matter what and i I, to me that's there i think there's so many interesting little stories that would come from this and just seeing the camaraderie amongst players in general especially if you go to great cup like in a way that's sort of a hub city that you've got fans and players and staff members coming in from all nine teams in one spot yeah but that's only for a week though we're we're talking Uh, how many weeks (laughs) several but again but think about just how interesting great cup is when you you put it in that perspective yeah think about like as you said like an eight-week schedule plus playoffs and all that i mean i i think would definitely make for a very interesting uh again uh dynamic if you will i i I think it would be something i'd be really curious to see just how all that would work and how the players would coexist with one another uh, the coaches i mean i i definitely think there's some real potential to have a a very interesting storyline so many storylines coming uh from such a scenario do you think depending do you think if they did a a, the hub city that they would choose one or i think they'd probably choose two cities i would not be surprised if they did it in alberta I mean, considering the distance between, you know, four in Edmonton, four in Calgary, that type of thing. Um, that, that would definitely work. Or yeah. you go with the two newer. Yeah, you really can't go with Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Well, you could do that. I mean, it's the two of the newer, the newer uh, stadiums. You so, could, because also too, like that's also a relatively short distance between cities, believe it or not. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's also doable. I mean, again, there's there's lots of different scenarios here, and they're all interesting. I, I think it would be. A really fascinating sort of case study, if you will, as to how these players and coaches and staff would all interact based on this uh, on this uh, sort of uh, social experiment. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I mentioned before. I know you wanted to talk about it. You know, as I said, it was announced just the other day that uh, U U Sports going to be canceling all of their uh, all their fall sports, uh, including um, Vanier Cup. Uh, what, uh, same thing, Canada West has done the exact same thing. Interesting that, I don't think, the OUA, the OUA, the ASU, and the Quebec leagues have not done that yet, have they, officially? Not officially, although there is talk that it's it's pretty much, it's a foregone conclusion that these leagues will eventually follow suit and also cancel their, uh, uh, cancel their, their fall sports. Anything official, yeah, anything official. Official, we haven't seen anything yet from those. No, 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 no. I mean, canceling it, canceling it. Uh, I said canceling it officially, but I mean, it's it's a matter of 
you know, there won't be they won't be playing a playing for a Vanier Cup this year. I mean, maybe they would play each other for spring football. I don't know. But what's you know, everybody is saying, you know, I've heard many people state that they feel that this is a bad thing for the CFL. Uh, it's a bad thing just for for Canadian players in itself. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts um, hearing that? I mean, you know, it, it seems that U Sport has no problem doing it, but yet, you know, in these states, the NCAA are, are I think they're leaving it to the conferences themselves and the teams specifically. You know, the NCAA just hasn't stepped in and said, "No, you're not going to do it." But I think it's probably because it's it, it, you make a hell of a lot more money on football and other fall sports in the U.S. than you do here in Canada. But when you first heard uh, of this of the cancellation, what were your thoughts initially? Well, I I just thought it was going to be extremely difficult. And again, my heart goes out to the players that were going to be going into their final year or even like their fourth or even their fifth year of eligibility. Uh, I mean, this is essentially their last chance to really go out there and get some honest-to-goodness film to impress scouts to make themselves available so that come next year's draft, they'd be ready to go. And now they're not going to have that opportunity to do that. So to me, that's that's what I'm left wondering is, I mean, Canada West, they've pretty much shut everything down. If the, others, if the other leagues uh, follow suit and shut things down, I mean, that's – and even if they were to play – as you said, they're, they're not going to be awarded a Vanny Cup. Like you'll be lucky to win your league championship, and yeah. okay, that that's better than nothing, I suppose. And I guess you'll, you'll get some film, but you still won't be able to get the the full opportunity, I guess, to really showcase what you can do for CFL scouts or even NFL scouts. And like that's the really unfortunate part, especially if you're a player, as I said, that you're about to graduate. Uh, you've you put in the time already, like three, four years into developing your your football career, and just not being able to fulfill it to to really reach your your full potential, it's unfortunate. So I'm I'm left wondering now, if God forbid everything does get canceled, as it more than likely will be, at what point? Like if you're a, you're one of those graduating players, what do you do? Like what do you do as far as you want you want to be able to showcase your talents? You want to be able to give scouts a, an opportunity to see what you can do on the field. I, I mean, again, the, the draft isn't until like the 2021 draft isn't until next May or late April. But what do you do in that time? Like if you, you're not playing football for, uh, you know, it, for, for university or you're not to, like, uh, if all you can do is just go and work out, like you can always, you can only ascertain so much from that point. And you're also going back and just relying on your footage from the past three years before that. Right. I, it, it, it makes it extremely difficult. I mean, like this is definitely a kick to the junk as far as the development of your future Canadian football stars, because now they've this again, through no fault of their own, they've, they've been denied the opportunity to go out and have that one last season to really showcase what you can do and try to impress upon these scouts in professional football, regardless of the league. And now like I, I like I said, my my heart just goes out for these for these players because now they won't get they'll get an opportunity. I mean, the talent wins out over anything else, no matter what. But at the same time, you're not going to get the full chance to really show what you can do. And to me, that's the part that really really sucks is to have that potential and maybe only be able to showcase I don't know twenty five percent of it. I mean, like you can only get so much out of your 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 game film. Like you can only get so much out of like you know, combine work and things like that. I mean, there's, I mean, it, it helps. Don't get me wrong, but 
it, it only tells a little bit of the story and to not be able to tell the full story to the best of your ability like that that to me is the the really hard part like that's a really bitter pill for for the players to swallow and i just hope that the u sports find some sort of way shape or form to be able to help showcase these players and give the opportunity for them to showcase themselves to uh CFL scouts, NFL scouts, uh, whomever may be paying attention. I, I just hope that there is some sort of way that the these players will get the opportunity to prove that they belong, that they, they should be contending for a job in the Canadian Football League and beyond in 2021. So to me, that this is the, the really hard part more than anything else. And I just wish that there was another way to be able to, you know, just for them to be able to let the fans and let scouts and everybody see just what they can do on a football field what about junior football uh you know junior football very prevalent in western canada uh i know we have junior football here in uh, a couple of teams. i think is it st lenar that has a team i can't remember i know the ottawa ottawa has a team i'm trying to remember what, what who, who are in the junior league here I mean, they could easily play there if they wanted to get some tape on them, and it won't wouldn't cost them a year of eligibility if they're giving it back. Which I would imagine you sport is going to look at and say, you know, they'll treat them as a as a as a red shirt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's what about spring football? I mean, who, who's to say that all the teams in the Quebec Conference aren't going to get together and maybe you know maybe think about oh you know maybe we'll partner with ottawa even though they're in the oua and maybe we'll partner with bishops even though they're in the asu or, or is it aus what is it aus aus maybe maybe that mm-hmm. because if you think about it you you have most of the teams in the quebec conference that would be able to come i mean i don't know what laval would be able to do i mean i understand that they are approximately three hours away from montreal and maybe they would do it hub city type of thing too you know okay. to, to play Mm-hmm. So it's an idea. Now, how do, in your opinion, I mean, d- does this hurt Canadian football in general? I mean, you know, who's to say that these guys can't go and play in the States? We, 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 you know, there's so many places in the U.S. that it looks like, you know, all the divisions may be going to be, you know, most of them will be playing in the U.S. At least that's what we're seeing so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely hurts the game for sure. It definitely hurts the Canadian game because, as I said, like these guys won't, Unless these players themselves take it upon themselves to go and play for another team, whether it's play down in the states or play junior football or something like that, like I mean, but again, then you're back to you're almost going back to square one as far as trying to compete. And as I said, talent will always win out, but at the same time, like you've already built a resume, so to speak, playing for your university team, whether it's three years, four years, what have you, and then to almost have to go back and start from scratch just to just for the sake of being able to put together one more year of film. I mean, it's not impossible, but man, like that would just be such a difficult road to, to go down. And at that point too, like what do you do with your schooling? Like if you decide to transfer to, I I don't know about necessarily transferring from a Canadian university to an American university and having that work out properly, but then you're dealing with a whole different level of competition you're dealing with uh, different rules or different uh, different uh, opportunities I, I mean it's it's tough i mean there, there's no question that um, the cancellation of the vanier cup and the other championships and yeah. and that it it really really puts canadian football behind the eight ball there, there's there's no question about that i mean 
thankfully it's just for one year. Ho- hopefully it's just for one year. But uh, well, it makes me wonder going forward. It, it, okay, let's just say just to the CFL plays it on the safe side. If we go back to the days before the interlocking schedules, you know, the interconference schedules. You know, I understand we only have four teams here out in the East. Maybe, maybe we we do that for a year. It would save save on money. It would save on travel, and they only meet in the playoffs. I don't know. It's a lot of. T- I, I understand eighteen games. You're playing each team six times. I mm-hmm. or, or it's less than that. Listen, I, I keep you don't play each other. You don't play yourself. So, but right. I it, I don't know. Uh, some things to listen to. You know, we're talking about uh, U Sport. The president was uh, speaking with uh, spoke with Michael Ball today um, on his uh, uh, his radio show and his podcast. Oh, I'm I, that's a that's a must listen to. Um, the same thing with Randy Ambrosi. His talk today, uh, we did tweet that out on our social media account. Uh, what's FL Deck? So if you want to listen to those, go ahead and do so and, and get caught up. Um, but it, it's it's going to change football. You know, as, as I said, unlike in the U.S., Canadian football is popular, but it just it's not the money maker. But it is what it is, right? No, and again, like that's like you think about your favorite Canadian football players in the CFL. The Canadian-born football players, that's nine times out of ten. That's where these guys got their start was playing university football here in Canada. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you do get the occasional story of a guy going down to the States and, and showing out there. But uh, by and large, like this is where the Canadian game is built is here in Canada playing university football. Uh, to not have that this year is definitely going to be extremely difficult. And as uh, again, I, I, I just... I sincerely hope these players get some sort of way to showcase what they can do yeah. and prove that they, just because there's a, a global pandemic, that that shouldn't sort of cut their football career down at the knees. So I I sincerely hope that whether it's youth sports or even if it's something that they organize themselves or even if the CFL decides to give these kids an opportunity to prove that they can play, whether it's an all-star game or some sort of event, uh, like sort of a extended combine or or what have you. I mean, there must be some sort of way that they can, if they're, if they're not going to be playing football, university football here in Canada, hopefully they can find a way to let these kids shine and let yeah. them get the opportunity they need to eventually become superstars in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, as we've been trying to do, you know, with no games, no preseason, no camp, we've been trying to be able to, um, uh, to showcase some of the uh, future and up, up and coming stars, future players that we that the Owls have signed that you may not know about, and talk with the guys you do know about. Uh, we were lucky enough for this episode to speak with uh, uh, a, a new Alouettes wide receiver who has made a, a name for himself in the Arena Football League and in indoor football itself, and um, he's hoping to make the roster this year. It's tough being a rookie, as we know, in the in the CFL this year. Um, but uh, again, we, we were able to speak with uh, wide receiver Fabian Guerra and, and to talk about him, what he thinks about the coming up here to Montreal for the mini training camp itself, unofficial mini training. But either way, uh, we're going to get to the interview with Fabian. And when we get back, we got a couple more things to talk about, including uh, it seems like the Argos are wearing too many caps. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in more when we return. Well, for this uh, episode's interview, because of the ongoing situation with the the coronavirus and the 
uh, the, the how tough it is for us to get to know the players because currently there is no no preseason and there's no training camp. But we want you, the fans, to learn about new guys who are coming to this team or trying to make a name for themselves, not only in the CFL, but with the Alouettes. With us is a wide receiver who has made a, quite a name for himself in the Arena Football League. Um, and we're hoping that he becomes just a, an integral part of the Montreal offense in the future to come. Talking with us now is wide receiver Fabian Guerra. Hey, Fabian, thanks for joining us, man. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Glad, glad to be on. Now, I, I don't know if anybody who, who, who knows your name, Fabian, but, I mean, you do have a claim to fame. We'll talk about your, 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 your career and stuff like that. You went to Fairmont State, but we wanted to know what in particular got you into football originally. So as a young kid, um, my dad was a football fanatic. He stayed high school. He got a scholarship in college. He got in some trouble. He had me, and then he dedicated his life to 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 make me a, a football player. He pushed me every day, and he actually he actually uh, kind of faked my birth certificate so I could play at four years old. So he, he kind of because you got to start at five, and he kind of faked it at four because I was turning five. So it's kind of funny situation, and he just he just helped me out uh, along the way and, and pushed me to be my best. He sent me to an all boys high school to uh, pursue football. It's the best one of the best high schools in South Florida. So so he kind of he kind of put put uh, the game in my hands and, and, and helped me along the way. Now, what what led you to becoming a, a wide receiver, Fabian? Uh, I guess my uh just my hands i always had good hands i used to play with uh tennis balls used to throw them at the wall and catch one-handed passes i used to throw the the racket balls and have to catch that so i just always had good hands i, I played db and pop warner db and a uh, receiver but i just receiver i just my hands were where where I, I guess i guess something special so so i just stuck to receiver and and yeah <laughs> Okay. And uh, overall, when it comes to your football career growing up, I mean, I know you're influenced by your dad, and uh, I'm sure you've had uh, coaches along the way that have uh, managed to inspire you and everything like that. But uh, what's the one thing you think uh, made you – what's the, the one thing that you would say drove you more than anything else to become the football player that you have become today? I think just just counting me out, I was – I just – I feel like just counting me out, not even giving me a look in college, not not one D3 school talked to me, not one D2 school talked to me, not one D1, no, not one school even thought about giving me a chance. So I think just just that, just that, like just having coaches uh, answer your phone and then and then whatever, just hanging up on you or re- not even replying to your emails. I think it's just, I think that's just like a hard feeling, just a hard cookie to swallow. So I think I don't know. It was just like just getting counted out for not doing it for just for no reason, just getting counted out. So I just used that as motivation. All these arena teams ignored me. All these CFL teams ignored me. Just I don't know. I think that just keeps me going. All these NFL teams not even giving me a shot. It's, I think that's the biggest thing that keeps me going. Now you you said you know, I said you you had a lot of motivation because you felt that you weren't being given a fair shot. How did you end up uh, playing for for Fairmont State? So I actually went to a uh, summer camp. Uh, you know how like they have those little training camp summer camps, like mm-hmm. uh, like a paid summer camp, so you could get looked at. Yeah. So my best friend was Jesus Wilson, Jesus Wilson Bobo, the number one receiver in the nation. So me and him went to Florida State together to camp, and we and and he he performed, I performed, and he and he got a scholarship that same day. But one of those graduate assistants took my name down and wrote it down, and uh, 
and I and I text me and he said keep in touch with me. I, I think you're something special. If you ever need help getting to whatever, uh, holler at uh, talk to me. And then the time came, no coaches answered me. No, uh, so I text him and said, hey coach, I know it's kind of late in the process. It's March, April, about signing day. Do you have any room for me? He said, yo, hello Fabian. Yes, we do, but it's only a preferred walk on spot. I said, coach, I'm 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 there. I signed on the spot. So. That's that's how it happened, and then and then the rest is history. He gave me a not even one team, not even my home, not even FIU, my home school in Miami, gave me a preferred walk-on spot. So just to get a preferred walk-on spot, I think that was at least like he didn't believe in me, but he kind of believed in me for a preferred walk-on. Right now, for those who don't know, because you know it's quite different here in Canada when it comes to. Uh, you know, when it comes to scholarships and getting onto a football team, can you explain to the fans what a preferred walk-on spot means? So, a preferred walk-on spot means that you go to college and you have to pay the whole twenty thousand or whatever it is by yourself. But preferred walk-on means that that you don't have to try out, that you're on the team already, but you're they're not giving you no money to attend school. Okay. Wow. So, it's so interesting. You, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either. So you had a lot of motivation, eh, Fabian? <laughs> exactly. But, but 20,000 20, reasons to be motivated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or more. Exactly. Or more. Exactly. So, so imagine, imagine, a Miami, imagine a Miami kid. No school wants him in, in, south, in south of U.S. And then I end up going to a, a negative 20 degrees West Virginia <laughs> on a preferred walk on, not, not, not helping me with nothing, just just – at 17 years old, so it was just just a lot of motivation. Oh, for sure. And where I was talking about before the beginning of the conversation, there, Fabian, you had a claim to fame, and this is this is one of the two that I I know of. Um, is that and it's you you have shown it quite a bit on your on your social media, but it also the people who happen to watch you. I think it was in your, it was in your sophomore year, right? Where did this occur? Is that right, Fabian? Yeah, sophomore year. Yeah, and so in your sophomore year, where you made. Because I hadn't seen it before, you posted on social media. One of the most outstanding catches that I have ever seen. It, walk people through this catch and and just the reaction that you, that you got because of it. Because it ended up being on ESPN. Yeah. So I mean, I'm a. Uh, it was uh, my sophomore year. I started my whole freshman year as a true freshman. I was just I was starting, but I was just I was not a a spectacular player. I was just a role player. I had mm-hmm. 300 yards. And my sophomore my sophomore year came. I, I the first game I had 247 yards. I shattered the the receiving the Fairmont State School record that game. And then I and then the fourth week I had uh I ran like a, a seam route and I and it and it was a dead play. So the quarterback uh, rolled out and he just lobbed it up there and gave me a shot. And there was two guys on me and and uh, yeah I jumped over them and I made a one handed catch over them. I really didn't know what I did at the time. I thought it was just a regular one-handed catch, like over the sh- whatever, over the shoulder. And then I saw myself on ESPN that night. I was like, "Is is that me?" And <laughs> and yeah, it was just a, it was just a, it was just a crazy feeling for a guy like me, a walk-on, and and uh, didn't really play as a, uh, in Columbus. So it was just like a very, very unreal feeling from being a, from 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 being not known to being all over NFL Network. Uh, uh, Des Bryant called me that day. It was just an unreal, unreal feeling for a, a, a small school guy. It was just crazy. Uh, it's, that, it's that 15 minutes of fame, right? <laughs> oh, it was it was a little longer than 15 minutes. But yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was at least it was at least a week of fame. But yeah, it was 
Yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool at Fairmont State. I put Fairmont State on the map for a little, and it was it was a it was a very unreal feeling. It was I feel like nobody knew Fairmont State before that day, and now we get recruits. And now it's uh, getting new buildings, and like I I feel like I helped grow that school, and so it's just a just a blessing that that they look out that they gave me a shot. Not like they gave me a preferred walk on spot, and I'm forever grateful for that school. So so every time I get a chance to rep Fairmont State, I always. I always throw the name out there. Yeah. Um, Fairmont State is a part of the Mountain East Conference, as you mentioned. It's a it's a Division two team. Um, what? How would you how would you sum up your your college career, Fabian? Um, I think it was uh, I think it was great. I uh, freshman year I was still in my uh, in my little growing stage, and then sophomore year I really came on the scene. I was first team all conference, uh, and then the rest is. Uh, yeah, they. I feel like they geared the offense towards me. It was a five-wide offense, and and I think that really grew me into a player I was today. They believed in me, and they and they let me run. They let me run the show at that time as a sophomore, as a junior, as a senior. They let me run the show. So it was a really, really cool feeling that that they that they believed in me and they let me grow as a as a player. But yeah, I don't regret nothing going to the school. I feel like I could have played D one. I felt like after the catch, I could have transferred. I could have made a name for myself in a D1 school, but but they gave me a shot, and and I'm forever grateful for that, and I'm glad I stayed and and finished finished what I started there. What was your what was your thought when you came upon the the draft itself in 2017? Did you think that you had a chance that you were going to get drafted by the NFL? I think I had a very strong chance to get a shot. At least I think I deserve a shot. My my resume speaks for itself. I know I'm not the biggest. I know I'm not the fastest. I know I'm not whatever but i i feel like my resume and what i did as a as a as a player deserves a a tryout not even a, a contract just a tryout and um and yeah i mean it's all part of the process 2017 was a rough year for me i didn't play the whole year as as it shows i didn't play the whole year uh so it was really a rough year as me as an individual it, it was really a a break or man, or man up type of year for me it was a kind of probably the worst year of my life so um, yeah, it was just a it was just a, a, a eye opener to not even get a shit, not even get a call at that time. So I mean, it, it makes me it made me who I am today, and it pushes me. But yeah, it was very it was very bad uh, not hearing my name that day. For sure. But you know what? Uh, you know, like a lot of players, you go through the downs, and you had quite. You know, you're you've been very busy. You know, since uh, since the end of 2017. I mean, 2018 and 2019, even up through now being a part of the Alouettes organization, uh, you've been able to show what, what you've been able to do. I mean, you started off uh, originally uh, in the um, uh, in the NAL with the Carolina Cobras. Um, I know you'd also had a tryout, too, with the, uh, with the Albany Empire of the AFL. Um, mm-hmm. Was it hard getting used to the indoor game? Uh yeah, it was a, it was really it was really weird getting used to uh, the arena game. Uh, I was kind of too fast for like the wall. Like I was kind of I was taking my myself out of the play most of the time because I was too fast, especially with the head start. My my game is the waggle motion, so I was I was kind of taking my myself out of the play most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of kind of get used to like the you have time to chill, then explode, and then back to chill. Like it was kind of hard to get used to that. Because in the outdoor game, everything is fast, 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 fast. So mm-hmm. in the arena game, you have time to to to, to to make something happen. So, yeah, it was it was very uh it was very like uh kind of hard to get used to, but I think that prepared me for the AFL. 
And you know, we have to at least mention you—you you are a a champ. You did win the uh, the National Arena League's championship in 2018, and then 2019. Um, uh, wow, three different teams. That was a long year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now you started off. How did you end up getting um, uh, contacted by playing in the AAF uh, for the Memphis Express? So this is a funny story. I was after my NAL career. I was a uh, Rookie of the year for the team. Uh, we won the championship. I had I had a good I had a good year. Same guy because we had four uh, three vets. So I was kind of the player like when they needed help. Uh, I just I was in the rotation. So I felt like that I was that type of guy. I came in when they needed me. So I was I didn't uh, I had a good year. I didn't play some games. I had a good year. And then after I I was I was emailing Mike Singletary. Like, I I emailed Mike Singletary like ten times. <laughs> just. 10 times, like like once every two weeks at different times, at 3 in the morning, at 2 p.m., just different times just to see if he might see it, if he might not. And one time he replied to me, he's like, hey, Fabian, I just saw your film. I saw you emailed me a couple times. And this is Mike Singletary, yeah, the yeah. greatest linebacker in NFL history. So I was like, yeah, like I was surprised like when he, when he answered me. He said, can you please send me your number? Uh, we liked your film. Uh, we're going to keep you all on our board. So, uh, Let's stay in contact. So we stayed in contact, and then I called him one random day. I called him. I said, "Hey, coach, have you uh, have you heard anything else?" And his OC happened, David Lee. He used to coach the Dolphins. David Lee was actually in Miami, Miami that day. So my commentary said, "Hey, Fabian, can you go to this spot in Miami?" And I said, "I'll, I'll be there in 20 minutes." Wow. So I ended up going to a workout. They're they're working out a quarterback, and I stole the show. I ran a 4-4 at 205 pounds. I ran a 4-4. And the rest is history. I, I got Mike Singletary called me five minutes after the workout and said, "Here's your contract, son. Good job." Oh and, man! <laughs> and it was just, a, yeah, it was just, it was it was probably the great it was probably the greatest day of my life. So just after a workout, getting a call from Mike Singletary say, "Yeah, here's your contract, son. Uh, we just emailed it to you." And, so and, it was and, just uh, what happened. What? I was gonna say like all this within the span of twenty minutes, you had to get over there and just be ready to go. I was ready to go. I was in the middle of a leg workout at, at my at my training facility. I was in the middle of leg workout, and and, uh, and I, I called Mike Singletary. I was I was on break. I was on my 15 minute break. I was like, let me. I, I was so mad working. I was like, let me call Mike Singletary. I don't care. Let me call him. And he he. I was so mad. I was so mad working out. I called him. I was like, hey Mike Singletary, have you heard anything? He said, are you in Miami, son? I said, yes, I am. He said, go to this spot right now. Here's the location. I said, I'll be there. And so I left I left my leg workout right there in the middle of it, and I went straight there and, and uh, barely warmed up, and I ran, and, and it was it was just a crazy, it was, it was I don't know, it was just a crazy, a crazy uh, day that day. So he, uh, he told me it was going to be a rough situation. You're the 90th person to get signed. So you still have to go to training camp. You're gonna, you're you're behind the eight ball. You're the 90th person signed. You have to make 45 or or whatever it is, 50. And I said, uh, he and then I said, I'll do it, coach. Whatever, just I just just need a shot. And and the rest is history. I went to camp. I killed it. I was a starter. Made the 50 man roster. And, and and yeah, he 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 loved me. And, and yeah, he gave, and he's the one that gave me the shot. So I'm I'm, I'm always grateful for Mike Singletary. So it does actually pay to skip leg day once in a while, right? Is that what you're telling me? I guess I was warmed up for like uh, that helped me out actually. <laughs> I, did a couple, I, I did a couple box jumps and I went straight to the workout. <laughs> there you go. 
Now, from from Memphis, I mean, you weren't you weren't actually with Memphis all that long. I mean, uh, you know, as you found out, you know, I mean, the, the the league folding and whatnot. But you also had some interest too uh, within the AFO with the Columbus Destroyers. How how did it come about that you mm-hmm. got uh, that you got called by the Destroyers to to join the uh, the the AFL? So yeah, this was a crazy situation. I was at Memphis, and we were all heading to practice, and then and then the alarm went off. We were all dressed up, uh, we were all padded up, and then the alarm went off. They said, "Everybody, go inside, go into the lobby or whatever, go into like the the meeting room, right. go in there, like in our shoulder pads." So so we were like, "What the hell is going on?" Like we were all in our shoulder pads. And then, yeah, Mike Singletary went up there, teary eye, and said, yo, guys, uh, they just canceled the league, so we're going to need all y'all to go home. We don't know how y'all are going to go home, but, but yeah, the, you have to go home. So, so we get back to our hotel, and, yeah, just all our stuff is, is o- like all our doors are open. Like, we have to get out of there, and it was just a rough situation. So, and then Coach Sock uh, got, got in touch with me. I was actually... I stayed. I had to buy, get a hotel for the day, and then, and then I had my uh, my flight to Miami the next day. And then Coach Saw called me. Can you make it the uh, the very next day? So I went from Memphis to Miami, back to Ohio, <laughs> and then and then yeah, Coach Sock reached out to me and said, yeah, I want you up here. So so yeah, he he uh, he he signed me. Uh, he signed me right after. Was it uh, was it because of your your previous uh, tryout with the Albany Empire that 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 got your, I guess, got you noticed. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think I send them a Memphis highlight tape. Okay. Because I had a good preseason game. I had a a, a good training camp. Uh, I I earned the starting spot. So I I sent him my Memphis film, and he knew he knew of me from the NAL. So I think I think he saw like this is a veteran guy, a rookie, but a veteran guy in the arena game, and he has AAF film. Yeah. I think I think I I think this will be a good pickup for us. So. So I was kind of a rookie. I was kind of a veteran at the same time. So I, so yeah, and and he gave me a shot. He gave me an opportunity, and and that's all I asked for. Just an opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'll I'll prove the rest. Now, uh, and we're talking about your other claim to fame, and that for those who 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 didn't, you know, see you in your arena league career, on your birthday on national television, you go off, you go ham, and you get six touchdowns five, i think it was it was uh was it three receiving one rushing and then one uh run return um four receiving uh, sorry four receiving and uh it is i mean how, how else can you cap off your birthday man to to have that many touchdowns on national television obviously the bad thing is you didn't win but uh, how are you feeling doing because i remember seeing the the interviews from you uh during the, the game itself and it's like you're just having, you know, a career day. A career day. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I felt like I had everything balled in from from driving 12 hours to Albany from North Carolina and just getting sent home for doing nothing for for doing nothing wrong. So it was just everything was balled up. Rob Keith and Les Moss. I have so much respect for those guys, but sending me home was a was a wrong decision. And I, and I and I made them feel me that day. I had I. It was my birthday, so I just had everything bought up, and and I had a good week of practice. Me and Grant was starting to get on page, so it was just a very, it was it was it was just a day a, a day I needed to have. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you set uh, you set team records that day, you know, records that you always hold. Um, uh, but it's you know you. The team didn't do so well, but you did. You did pretty well that year itself. I mean, Fabian. I mean, you still you, you made a, a a huge mark in, in the league that year. I mean, 
Uh, you can't you can't scoff at 61 receptions, 765 yards, and 15 touchdowns. You really can't. I mean, it's. I at least have to ask you. Um, it, this will be the second time in your professional career that you've been with a team and the league has folded. Um, how are you? How are you feeling about that? So I mean, it's a rough situation. You feel like you signed up with the AF. You feel like your dream is is starting to come true. You didn't get your NFL shot, but but the AF is a, a is a is a stepping stone to get your name out there. You 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 think you finally made a finally made that jump, and then and then the league folds, and then and then you're back to square one, and then you get another AFL shot, and then you fold, and so it's just it's just. It's just been rough. It's adversity, I think, but I feel like I can't catch a break. (laughs) At this point, I can't catch a break every... So, I mean, it's very unfortunate. um, I'm blessed that Montreal saw what I did for the AFL, the AAF, and and they they gave me a call. Me and my agent's been in contact with... uh, with the personnel there in Montreal for a, uh, quite a while. I went to try a trial with Montreal back in 17, back in 18. So I, I went to my share of tryouts back in 17 and 18 of Montreal. And, uh, and yeah, they just never gave me that call. Never gave me that call. Said I wasn't good enough. Said, said, get film, get film, get film. And, and 2019 finally, the end of 2019 comes and I finally get that CFL call that I, that I, that they missed, that they said I wasn't good enough three years. Every, all nine teams said I wasn't good enough three years ago. When the NFL said I wasn't good enough, uh, every CFL team said I wasn't good enough. So, if the C- my my one of my dreams came true that I get my shot, and and it's a it's a blessing that in Montreal saw what I've seen, what I have, and and they uh and they sent me a contract. Now let's talk about uh, your 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 knowledge of Montreal before coming to the Alouettes. What did you know about the CFL and the Alouettes before? You signed with uh, with the team in uh, December. Um, I I knew the CFO was a prestigious league. I knew it had so much uh so much history. I know it's been around for quite a while, and um and I know it has some greats like Warren Moon, uh, Flutie. I know it has uh some great great players played in the CFO, and and it's and it's a dream come true. That I'm playing that I'm I'm gonna be part of that, and. To be honest, I really didn't know much about Montreal. I uh, I have to do my studying a little more. I know it's uh, mainly French speaking, but yeah, I really I really didn't know much about Montreal. But when I visited, I had the time of my life. The people are awesome. The area, it's a, it's like a new a clean New York feeling. I that's what I got out of Montreal. Like where I stayed, I was staying in downtown, so it felt like a clean New York. And I and I loved my time out there. It was uh, it was probably the best week I've I've I ever had. So it was a really awesome. I'm I'm excited to be up there. I like that a clean New York. That's a that's a good analogy. <laughs> right in in downtown, don't you get that feeling a little, or not really? <laughs> well, I, again, I guess maybe because I, I I've you know lived here pretty much all my life. It's you know it's one of those feelings that's. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that. I mean, like, I, I, I'm always curious, though, just to see how other people who didn't grow up here, uh, how, how they view Montreal, and I always get all sorts of different things. You get that European flair, you get that uh, big city vibe, and now I'm hearing a clean New York. So I think that's pretty cool. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at that suggestion whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's because I'm from Miami, so you don't really see that. See us see something like Mont like Montreal has to offer. Like Miami is is is, a, is its own world. So it's it was it was a good change of pace for me. 
I've been I've been in quite a couple places the last three years, so it's been it's been a while a ride. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as coming to the Yellow West, you sign you sign the contract in December. You're going to be you know told you're you're given a chance. You just got to get ready for training camp, and uh, we'll we'll see you in June, kind of thing. And now you don't <laughs> because of all sorts of extenuating circumstances regarding this unfortunate COVID-19. Uh, how do you stay motivated Fabian, as far as knowing that it's, it's out of your hands. I mean, there's, there's literally nothing you could do about it. I mean, it's nobody's fault. It just, it's just a horrible situation all around and everybody's suffering as a result. But how do you personally stay focused, stay motivated to, to, to be ready when the time comes? It's, it's rough to be honest. Cause I feel like every time I've, Every time before I had a, I had a, like, I was able to do something. This time I can't do anything. It's so that's the biggest, that's the biggest challenge I'm having right now. It's like, like, like I could work harder, but like the coronavirus, like, it, like I can't stop the coronavirus. So it's just, it's like, it's, I'm, I have that in my brain right now. Like, yeah, like I can't, I really can't do anything right now. Like it's out of my control. I've done my part. So I think the biggest thing right now is just stay ready uh, work out, do my normal, my normal speed workouts or normal strength training. That's all I can do is stay ready. That's, that's all I'm, I'm holding. Just stay ready. I know your time's coming, your time's coming. So that's, that's all I have in my, my head right now. Cause it's, it's kind of rough with, with, with something you can't control like this. Now, what about when it comes to your workouts, Fabian? Cause I've seen your stuff on social media. You seem to be, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping, you know, you're, you're making sure that you're going to be ready. What, um, being that you thought you were going to be at camp now, what, uh, what is your daily routine like now? So my, uh, my gym's actually been open the whole coronavirus, uh, time. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been having a gym, uh, a field, uh, I've been having all that available to me. So I've been blessed with that. They, they gave me a key. They gave me the field to open the gate. So, so it's been pretty cool that they've been that they've been, they know who I am. They know I'm getting ready for a season. So it's been cool that my coaches, I'm very blessed that they've been helping me out with that situation. And yeah, my, my schedule is, uh, eight in the morning, uh, hit the field, run some routes, get some speed work in. And, and then, and then 11, 11 in the morning, uh, get some strength get some, uh, hit the weight and then therapy at one and then relax the rest of the day. And, and that's basically been my schedule, especially with this uh, quarantine. It's it's been straight home. You don't want to be out past eight nine. So mm-hmm. that's basically. I feel like I'm on. I'm basically on repeat. I've been studying the plays though. So watching film. They gave me. The, I'm finally in the film in the film room. So just just the little things. I've just been been in the playbook a lot. Texting Vernon. Yeah. So staying on that really. Now you've, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, folks, if you weren't aware, Fabian actually has already been in contact with his quarterback, Vernon Adams, and his fellow receivers uh, uh, during the first week of March before everything got shut down. Uh, Vernon had a, a little mini camp uh, you know, for, the, for the kids and Fabian was a part of that. And you got a chance to spend some time with your future quarterback and your future teammates. Uh, talk to us about that experience as far as, uh, you know, how, how you got a chance to interact with Vernon Adams and basically the other receivers. How did you get to work with them and, you know, try to develop that chemistry? Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Uh, me and Vernon, me and VA has been FaceTiming since January, since back when I signed, just helping me with the plays, just, just, uh, telling me how, how, like, what can I do to make the team? What, what, what can I work on? What do I got to do? What do I like? 
boom. And then, and then he told me about the mini camp in March. And I was like, I'll be there whatever day to whatever day I'm there a day early and I'm leaving a day later. I'm there, whatever I got to do. If you need me to drive to Washington, if you need me to fly from Miami to Washington, I'm there. And yeah, so he, he, he sees how hungry I am and he knows what, 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 what this sport means to me. So yeah, finally meeting him. I think it was March 1st. It was, I think yeah, it was the first week of March, right before this, uh, virus so i was up there and and yeah the team just took me in first day and uh and we got to work he saw what i'm capable of doing and um and yeah and, and he's a he's a he's a leader so he wants to see us do better and he wants to he wants to help us grow so um i really look up to va and and what he's been through and, and how he uh and how he's uh gone gone through it and, and how he got a shot in the nfl he didn't work out he's been on a couple teams in the cfl so i really have so much uh so much respect for that guy. He, he he fought adversity just like me. So so he's a really he's a really a uh, he's a really good guy, and and I, I look up to him and ex- excited to play with that play with him. Well, as far as uh, motivation goes, you're not going to find much better than Vernon because, as you said, he's he's definitely been through the ringer, especially here in the CFL. Like he's definitely he's had those trials by fire that you've had in your uh, in your arena career. Uh, so I mean, as far as uh, you know, if you're looking for that message of don't give up. You're you're not going to find a much better role model, if you will, than Vernon Adams. There's no question about that. Oh yeah, for sure. Exactly. I think for also for you too. I mean, the, the good thing is is that you know you've come up here. You're you're learning the intricacies of Vernon, as I said. You're learning the playbook, and you know what? I, I always I always look at the, the the coaching staff too. It also, you know, it also is pretty cool. And I'm sure I don't know if you knew this, but your receivers coach Robert Gordon had quite a besides having a name for himself in the cfl had a name for himself in the arena football league also yeah that's crazy and Corey jones so i yep. just i find this uh very good good coincidence that yep. they both played in the afl that's, that's very uh very great to know that 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 afl players could make their way uh, transition to the cfl and still have a prolific career so that's very that's very cool that both of them played in the afl and and they know what they have to work on me and Malachi. They know what we could bring to the table. They, they, they know. They know that the game translates over. So oh, yeah, yeah that's sure. very, that's very cool. I, I, I've been talking to Robert Gordon, uh, Coach Gordon, a lot. So it's been keeping up with him too. So it's it's very it's very cool that we have two former AFL coaches. Um, what was it? Was it? Uh, um, no, we're not. Well, we don't want to give anything away that's in the current playbook, obviously. But how was it to? How was it getting used to the, the plays themselves? Is it some some stuff that you have to get used to just by running running the routes themselves, or when it comes to playbooks, you're you're like a sieve. You're able to to take it in, take them in almost immediately, and run the routes with no problem. Um, I mean it's it's a different ball game, of course. The uh, regular football to AFL football to CFL football, it's been all a transition. Now seeing three guys in motion, I'm like, oh shoot, three guys in motion. Okay, let's do this. And so it's a it's it's a little different, but but yeah, I'm like a sponge. I just I just stay in the playbook. Uh, as VA what happens, what happens if this happens? I just I just want to learn at this point and, and and get better. And and yeah, I mean I adjusted to the arena game. It took me a couple games to get adjusted. So I'm trying I'm trying to get adjusted before my first CFO game, and I and I'm gonna need to with this whole virus. So I'm, I'm, I want to be I want to be prepared. I want to be ready. I want to be the best shape of my life. I don't I'm not gonna I told you. I tell VA, I'm never. I'm not gonna take this opportunity for granted. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna come in and I'm and I'm gonna do what I do. So I, I keep telling VA that that I'm gonna be ready. So. 
are they are they working you on any particular side, Fabian? I mean, are you going to be would you be a wide receiver on the left side or the right side of the line, or do you not know yet? I'm. Uh, I mean, with my arena film, I think they're going to use me in high mo- a waggle motion. I mean, that's that's all my. That's mostly what my film shows in the arena yeah. games. So yeah. I, I mean, I think it, I think it would be a good idea to use me in waggle. I feel like that's my. That's one of my best threats. Mm-hmm. Have me going full speed at a DB, having going full speed at a DB and, and shaking them. So I think that's that's my best, well, one of my best attributes. So I mean, I don't know what they're gonna have me. They they say uh, Coach Gordon says learn everything and and we'll find out soon. But I think it's it will probably most likely be in one of the slots. Fantastic. And that's then cool. in the return, and it's, yeah, in the re- return game as well. Oh yeah, for sure. As I said, uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, uh, I I myself have tweeted it out a couple of times over at my Twitter account over at Repact R E P P A C T. I retweeted the, the thing from Fabian, and and yeah, I might as well go ahead and ask you now, so if so if people can can see your uh, your amazing catch that you had in college, um, what where what's your uh, your handle on uh, on on social media, Fabian, that people can uh, follow you at? So on Instagram, it's Fabian Guerra Jr. Uh, F A B I A N G U E R R A Junior J R, and then on Twitter it's Fabian Gare underscore eighty six. Why eighty six? Just out of curiosity. So in college, in college I was eighty six, and then with Memphis Express I was eighty six. So yeah, I just I guess eighty I just eighty six stuck with me. Okay, because uh, I don't want to break your heart or anything like this, Fabian. But uh, <laughs> you, you're not going to get that number with the Alouettes. <laughs> I, I heard, I, I heard, I heard, I heard. My agent called me. I, I said, uh, I told my agent, I said, I hope I get 86 with Watcher, and he said, um, Fabian, um, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> and I, and I, said, I, I said, what? He said. So the guy that had 86 before you is currently in the Hall of Fame, so you're not getting that, bud. I was like, oh, okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, so, yeah I, well, my I, I, agent, I, I, me and my agent had that. Dis- I hate to be the bearer of bad yeah, news, we had that but... <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It's, I feel okay. there's a lot of similarities because... Uh, the, the gentleman who had it, uh, Ben Cahoon, you're absolutely right, is a CFL Hall of Famer, uh, a receiver as well. A little bit on the smaller side, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, just uh, but just like you, a very hardworking individual, uh, just kept his nose to the grindstone, never complained, uh, he made the most of every opportunity he got. So if you can perform just half as good as what Ben Cahoon did, I tell you what, my man, you're going to have yourself one hell of a career here in the CFL. That's the plan. That's the plan. I'm just trying to come in and and do what I do, make plays, get open, catch, never drop a pass. That's that's that I feel like my game matches perfect with the CFL. If 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 anybody has seen me play and, and uh I think the CFL matches my 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 game speed, matches my 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 mentality and I it matches my just get open and, and, and catch the ball. That's I feel like that's what I do for a living. So I think the CFL is gonna be a if if I could get open in the arena game, imagine on a CFL field. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. we imagine. We again, Tim and I. We've we've seen your work in uh, in the arena league, and that's one thing we've talked about more than anything else. So, along with you and Malachi Jones, like if they just give him a chance up here, yeah. these yeah. guys would become superstars. And he's Tim's absolutely right, and I, I definitely think with everything that we've seen of uh, you and Malachi Jones so far, the the idea that you guys are now members of the Alouettes is, folks, if Get 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 on YouTube. Find all these highlight clips. Do what you got to do to to find out and learn more about guys like Fabian Guerra and Malachi Jones because 
these are some very exciting stars, and I think they'll think you'd be very disappointed with what you're going to see if we get a training camp and if we get a season this year. As I have said to you before, Cliff, is when it comes to these rookies who are going to be joining, who have joined the Alouettes in the offseason, I am just afraid that they're not going to get a fair shake if there is a truncated camp. I'm hoping that the league will have a little couple more stipulations where they will expand the, you know, even though they do it later on in the year, but maybe they'll expand the the rosters, the practice rosters before that. Um, and maybe, you know, as we, as we all know, if you're on the practice roster, you're basically, a, it's a free-for-all. Any team could take you. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, with Fabian, I mean, you and I saw him in person. We know what he can do. It, it, same goes with Malachi Jones and the others that we've signed in the offseason that don't have any CFL experience. I'm just hoping that he gets that chance to play with the play football again uh, and give him that that give him that 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 chance to play. Mm-hmm. Well, as as you heard him talk about, like he's he's been battling the odds pretty much his entire football career. Yeah, and he's always come out uh, you know ahead of the game and ready to shine so i mean i i don't think this opportunity if he regardless of the opportunity that he gets with the alouettes in 2020 how, however big or small it is i have absolute confidence that fabian will take that opportunity whatever little table scraps of an opportunity he gets he will make the most of it like that's just the kind of guy he is that's just how he's wired and yeah. I, I definitely expect him like if he doesn't make this football team it won't be for lack of effort i can tell you that right now folks I mean, this guy is definitely talented and definitely knows what the hell he's doing out there on the football field. I think it's just a matter of just tell him where, where and when, even like, a, as you said, like just a, a shortened mini training camp is. Yeah. And he'll ball out. And I wouldn't expect anything less from him. So as I said, folks, like this is the guy. This is one of the guys you're going to have to keep an eye on if and when we do get training camp going here in whether it's in Montreal, in a hub city or wherever it is. Yeah, exactly. It, Regardless of the opportunity that's going to be given, I have full confidence that Fabian is going to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, want to give a shout out for a couple things. I know we want to talk about some others before we finish up the show. Uh, just want to at least mention to everybody, it came out today that the Alouette's uh, Boutique is actually having a Father's Day sale. Uh, everything is 30 to 70% off currently, and they are saying that they will get, even though with the, the current situation with COVID and shipping, it looks like they are going to be able to ship things out uh, with uh, once you place your order with everything within the 14 days. I think it's 14 days. I don't think it was 14 business days, but I, you'd have to check check the website for that. But um, there is they do actually have a few new items, uh, some pretty cool caps. Um, this interesting interesting set of of uh, cards of player cards from a local uh, a local artist here in Quebec. Um, those are on sale. So as I head over to the boutique, I think it's boutique.montrealowets.com, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I, I should know that by heart by now. Yeah, yeah boutique.montrealowets.com and check it out. As I said, it's a, the current Father's Day sale. Um, also, do not forget that uh, we are, uh, besides having us being on Twitter, if you want to listen to any of the archives for the podcast, you can do so at a couple of places. Uh, Alou- best place is alouettesflightdeck.ca. Or you can head over to, uh, to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. So as I mentioned before, Cliff, it, it was just announced today that uh, you know the, the yearly shaming 
that's basically what it is. The yearly shaming of teams who go over the salary cap in the CFL. If they go over. If they're Arnie. This year there was one. And it's kind of good that you and I I didn't put any money on this thing. (laughs) Because I think you and I were almost certain, considering with, with how... What came out, how Cavis was fired as GM. Uh, the, the Alouettes were almost a certainty to have gone over the cap in 2019. Nope. <laughs> no, we did not. Um, officially, I guess we could say officially, no. But, you know, some people have, have said, you know what? Well, what Cavis did was under the table. So, so to speak, it didn't circumvent. It just circumvented the cap. Mm-hmm. As I said, there, there's such a thing as gaming the system, and I, I have to. Well, I mean, if you were to if you're to believe the stories that were coming out regarding uh, what had happened in 2019 and even before, mm-hmm. as far as how certain players were being compensated, uh, again, this it's all hearsay because nothing official has come out in regards to this. But if you are to believe such instances, then uh, one can look at this as well. This is what we were told we can do and what we can't do. And we're just going to kind of meddle in that kind of gray area. (laughs) It's one of those things like as the, uh, the late great Eddie Guerrero once said, uh, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. Latino heat. Um, so we did find out which team did actually go over and and I don't know whether to call it a surprise or not, but we actually found out that the Toronto Argonauts and all four wins for 2019, Three against, the, the, three against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah, we're over the salary cap. But that's not where it stops, does it? No. Oh, no. We found out also that for some unforeseen reason, Randy has basically said, you guys get a pass. Because mm-hmm. of the current COVID situation, we're not going to fine you. Social media blew up. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, like, like basically given a free pass, like a get out of jail free card. As far yeah. as this, uh, and again, like uh, people can, will probably laugh at the the amount of the fine because I mean it's you know it, it's basically the amount that they went over by and then a little bit extra. So I mean, like it's you know not chump change, but at the same time, like it's at the end of the day that you still are are expected to follow the salary cap, and if you don't, then of course you're going to be punished or well. Unless there's a global pandemic, and then no, you won't be punished. Just yeah. kind of a, a slap on the wrist, don't do it again, kind of thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> and believe me, if the Alouettes were to have done this, they they would get their they, they would get their chops busted. Let's let's face it. And if the Rough Riders were to do this, they they they'd be they'd have their feet held to the fire. I I'd, I dare say any team, any other football team that did this would be punished, and thusly so. But the Argos, because any number of reasons, uh, mostly because this is one of those teams that just is one of the have-not teams of the league, despite the fact that it is the biggest city in Canada and with every attempt over and over again uh, by this league to make this team as relevant as possible, I'm not going to go ahead and say that they're being coddled or showing preferential treatment, but you take a look at, I'm just saying, like any other team more than likely would have been punished thusly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Argos, again, if you want to say it's because of COVID-19, fine, whatever. But in, in, in one instance, like the one thing I, I'm, I'm seeing more of is, okay, fine, punish the Argos. If you don't want to do it this year, okay, no problem. Understandable. Yes, there is a pandemic and money's tight and so on and so forth. 
just let it carry over to the next year then. It, it makes sense to me. Sure. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, like the point is the point is to just to set a precedent as far as making sure that all nine teams understand that, you know, this is not acceptable behavior. Like this is you know, you you you, you basically broke not gonna say broke the law, but you I mean like you you win against the rules. Yeah. Kind of thing. But you know, it to me, as I was mentioning before we started the show, it was in twenty nineteen they did this. It wasn't in twenty twenty. The season was over. I don't understand. Yeah. It could easily set a very dangerous precedent. Who's to say Team A is not going to try this and say, well, hey, we only played eight games this year because of a global pandemic. No, you're right. It, it, it makes for a very slippery slope. And uh, I, I, like I said, I, it, it's a very weird circumstance for a very weird year. So yeah. I, mean, I, guess that's, I guess that's how you have to sort of look at it. I mean, and, yeah, and on top of that, they were garbage. They get fine, you know. They get they go over the cap, and they also get that extra territorial uh, two extra ter- territorial picks because they were garbage, and they got to keep them. Mm-hmm. Something uh, Ambrosi needs to grow some balls in this one. I mean, the team is owned by BCE for Christ's sake. Or uh, MLSE. Sorry, sorry, MLSE. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, they got money. They're, they're, that's you know. <laughs> you know what? What, and, uh, what are they? What are they going to do? Take it out of the TSN budget? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the money they're not paying Chris Cuthbert, uh, who yes. uh, unfortunately will no, no longer be calling great Alouettes moments anymore, yeah, but which, or, or any great CFL moments yeah, anymore. But. Which we'll talk about too. But yeah, it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a shot in the butt. That that that's I think it's I think it's total garbage. Yeah. You know, and preferential treatment, possibly. I don't know. I, I hope there was some explanation, but you know what? I really don't want to see an explanation because it to me it's just going to be. Uh, uh, a, a, a non-answer answer, which we seem to get a lot of from the commissioner. So I mean, political speak. You know, uh, well, that's a yeah. good question, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. You just you just have to sort of chalk it up as just one of those only in the CFL kind of things, I suppose. Yes, yes. And we have to at least mention too. Also, uh, you know, we have been around for five seasons here at the Flight Deck. Got to at least give a shout out to the Alouettes for premiering their first ever podcast. Um, it was the first, I think. It was almost two weeks ago. Yeah, about 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, Gino and Coach Kahari on. And I think you can listen to it. It's not a normal podcast. I think they actually only have it on uh, over their website. So go to MontrealAlouettes.com and you can listen to it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, good conversation between himself and... Uh, they actually invited a fan on, which was really, really cool. And uh, it listened, listened. I don't know how often they're going to continue them, but uh, how often they're going to do them. But it's a pretty good listen. Gina gives some very good insight. Also today, which we just found out that the Alouettes did a, I don't, I guess a, a virtual Q and A session with uh, some uh, uh, certain season ticket holders with uh, uh, with uh, our new president and with our new GM. Mm-hmm. And that's available already on social. I think you can go and watch watch it. Combination of English and English and French is pretty cool. That's what I like to see. Absolutely. Uh, so go ahead and listen to that. Um, trying to say what else is that? Oh yeah, cool. I said Chris Chris Cuthbert. We're gonna miss him, man. Yeah, we're miss Chris Cuthbert. But uh, you know what? It's like when somebody graduates, you move somebody up, and that's that's what they did already. There's gonna be some changes, in, you know, on the broadcasting teams, but they've already they're already bringing up. Not a, he's not a rookie, the guy that's, that's replacing Chris. 
He already, you know, he had, think, what, 10 games under his belt? I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Dustin Nielsen. Thank you. Yeah, and called some really great games. In fact, uh, the the barn burner out in Calgary uh, between the Alouettes and uh, and the Stampeders, it was Dustin that was actually calling that game right. and did a fantastic job. I mean, he's, he's called quite a few games uh, for the CFL last season and will obviously now be kind of bumped up the food chain a little bit. So, mm-hmm. And as such, that also means that there would be potential opportunity for others to step up and try their hand at the color commentary or the play-by-play game as well, which yes. is always a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed listening to Dustin Nielsen do his thing on the uh, on the broadcast last season. And the the nice thing is, like, if you get the opportunity, like, you get more of an opportunity now with uh, Chris Cuthbert now going over to the rival Sportsnet. I know, eh? Uh, well, listen, hey, good on him. I mean, like, he, he made it very clear, like, as much as he loved the CFL and loved – being the voice of Canadian football he, on his bucket list was to be able to call a Stanley cup final. And now he's going to get that opportunity and that's going to be well worth the price of admission alone. It's just unfortunate for us because like I said, like he's called the, the past few gray cup games. He's called so many iconic moments, not just for the Montreal Alouettes, but for the Canadian football league in general. And to lose a, a voice like that, it's, it's tough. It's it's unfortunate, but as as we said, now this gives opportunities for new youngsters to come up and basically take that opportunity that uh, that he's left behind. Uh, it also means more Rod Black, I'm sure. But uh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, curious, I'm curious how Dustin and Suter are going to do. I'm sure they're they're testing their their uh, their their play by play already. So, mm-hmm. and. Like I said, if we get that shortened season that uh, everybody's still hoping for, and he gets the opportunity to call call games, yeah, it'll be a a totally different atmosphere. It'll be a totally different, uh, I guess, dynamic, if you will, for him. But uh, it'll be a good opportunity. And yeah, I'm gonna throw a hat. I'm gonna throw somebody uh, somebody's name into the into the ring. Go ahead. Into the hat, Rick Moffat. Why not? He he he, he was doing it for so many years. Exactly for radio. Yeah, why not give uh, Rick an opportunity to come and he, like, he's a great storyteller. Yep, uh, he knows the game up and down, in and yes, out. Yes, he does. Uh, I'm sure he'd relish the opportunity to come in and and call some games for the CFL on on TSN. Uh, I I wouldn't be mad at that whatsoever. But the question is, though, and I know we say this is just speculation on our part, would he do that considering he was just let literally let go by Bell? <laughs> would well, he want to go back? At the end of the day, you go where the opportunity is. You go where the the chance to to you know add add to your legendary career. Mm. Why wouldn't you? I, yeah. if, if I was Rick, I, I don't think this would be one of those you know pride moments or anything like that. I think he'd say, you know what, I just want the opportunity to come out and do something that I love. I'm sure he'd be down for that 100. percent For sure. Wow, you know, it's, it, we're just talking about this now. It's something we didn't even bring up. Hub City, adopt a team, bubble. What's going to happen with the radio broadcasts? I just thought about that now, unless they're going to do it from the T, you know, from TV. Like simulcast the. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, like they've been doing now for, for the Korean baseball league on ESPN. I think you'd have to, I think, I mean, listen, uh, there's definitely some great uh, radio play by play by play crews throughout the league. Uh, I, I think is if you're going, especially if you're going with the hub city or adopt a team model, and pretty much everything's out in Western Canada. Like, are you re- if you're a radio play-by-play broadcaster, like, does it make logistical sense to to go and be in that hub city or whatever just for just, radio? Just, I, I, 
please don't do what the Argos did when they went on the cheap and they and they, all they did was uh, broadcast the uh, the audio from the TV onto the radio. Please don't do that. Please, and God, don't do that. It, it, it may come to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this I'm, season, it might. This season, it might. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Um, yeah, this season is if if there is a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, that so much, so much, so much caution is being thrown to the wind, and a whole lot of the the usual, the old standards have just been kind of cast true. aside. Yeah, that type of thing, and I know way that except it came out of the blue, was tied to what we had in the, in the first segment. But we should we should actually reach out to like Joey Alfieri. And and ask him the question. We may be able to get more information on something like that. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Hey, that, that, that's the beauty of all this is we've got time to learn and understand and figure it out. So let's. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned. Anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, well, I'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our quarterback, Vernon Adams Jr., yes. who went on social media uh, again as he's living in the United States. They do get a stimulus check for uh, helping to, uh, as a result of this uh, this global pandemic, uh, the uh, United States government is looking to take care of its people. And as such, uh, Vernon was given a stimulus check. Now, as you know, Vernon just signed an extension to stay with the Alouettes and is making a fair bit of coin, even if it's in Canadian funds. But in his mind, it's like, well, I don't really need this money. Who can I donate it to to help? make this a better world and so he, he reached out on social media to find uh, businesses run by people of color to try and help them out through these difficult times and i i gotta say like the, the response has been overwhelming and i know he's he i believe uh, when it's all said and done he's going to be helping a few different uh, businesses run by uh by, by by black people and again this just speaks to the kind of character that vernon adams is the, yeah. the fact that he's It'd be very easy for him to just keep that money for himself, but I, I, he's he's obviously taking a look at how what his situation's like. Uh, he's been very fortunate to be given the opportunity that he has here in Montreal to be the man, and is being handsomely rewarded for it. And for him to basically take this, I don't want to say found money because I mean it, you know, it's a stimulus. It's meant to help stimulate the economy down in the United States, but he wants to do his part to make the world a better place and if he can help a few you know struggling businesses kind of help get back on their feet or help trying to find a way to make themselves better if vernon adams is able to help others in their time of need i mean like that's to me that's amazing like that just speaks to the character like not just a great football player but a good man off the field as well and i couldn't be more prouder of him as as our quarterback to to sort of take that initiative and to want to help his fellow man out like that is just says everything that we've been saying. It just re- reiterates what we've been saying for how many years now? Just what a excellent human being he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? I've said it before and I've said it again. That's our motherfucking quarterback. <laughs> so VA, we're proud of you, buddy. Keep up the good work and we're actually going to have to have VA on uh, pretty soon. Not to talk about not just this, but uh, yeah, exactly. see what see what he's up to and see what's what's going on as far as like get his take on everything that's been going on. So stay tuned for that as well, folks. We're we're working on that, and uh, if we can make that happen for you, believe me, I think uh, it'd be good to hear from our quarterback. Exactly, exactly. Um, again, like we've mentioned over the past couple of weeks, we're going to try to do shows every anywhere from every ten to. 
17 days we're going to try to depending on what we're able to get and, and able to line up but you can stay tuned for more shows uh hopefully and, and i would imagine if there's any breaking news that you will hear, hear from us sooner because um i'm sure if there's anything else when it comes to the cfl and this possible 2020 season we want to make sure that we bring you up to date as quickly as possible so absolutely uh, and also just just thinking about the fact that in a perfect world the cfl season would be getting underway in the next couple of days mm-hmm. and it's not like that's a it's tough for us but again we want to trying to help alleviate some of that for you fans as much as possible and again we'd love to be able to do the podcast once a week but I mean, there's only so much we can really truly talk about at this moment until more news breaks or until we get uh, a little bit better of an idea of what what we can expect if there is going to be a season happening. So it's it's tough for us too, folks. Believe you me. And all we can do is just hope for the best, stay positive and just keep each other informed as, as much as we can. I, I definitely see also too, like a couple of the other uh, podcasts in the CFL or in the CF. PN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. They're still trying to put out content, still trying to keep everybody engaged and 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 as informed as possible. So shout out to them as well. I mean, as I said, we're, we're all in this together. We're all trying to do our best to entertain and inform as much as possible. So we definitely appreciate all of you who have been sticking by us and still downloading, still listening, still sharing. We definitely appreciate every single one of you out there enjoying the show as much as possible for sure we, we'd love to be able to to uh to have done a a show today for previewing the upcoming game which was supposed to be friday at calgary but i think the only thing we can we just hope now is that we continue with where we're going here in canada and in eastern canada too being able to bring down that curve um we just want you to stay safe and we hope to hope you join us next the next episode so so for everybody here at the outlets flight deck for cliffy d i'm tim capper Ron, final approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.